sorry. I'm sorry, Trey. Anyway. It should be. You'll be punished uh, later. Oh, my God. Promise. Yes. Okay. <sighs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. Giants part three. Woohoo. Now, in our first two episodes, which hopefully you've listened to already, we talked about the myths, the legends, the folklore, and other various kinds of stories pertaining to giants. In this part, though, we're discussing the evidence of giants existing, and some giants you may know, and potentially a government cover-up. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. Yeah. So, in order to continue telling our listeners what's going on we have to do a little bit of uh archaeology anthropology slight paleontology the oldest homo sapien bones date back to around three hundred thousand years ago originating in morocco africa no oh. this is important that means we have three hundred thousand years of humanity right to play with yeah it's a lot of room keeping that in the back of your mind now, if you Google who are the tallest people in Africa, where we all came from, what you find is that the tallest people in Africa are from the Watusi tribe, which comes from the African Great Lake region in the Democratic Republic of Congo, Rwanda. <laughs> the people here in this tribe can reach heights of seven to eight feet tall or even taller. And what's more, these heights are the norm for this area. So wow. they're like back then or now? Now. Okay. And and they're also clock they've been clocking that height the entire time. Mm-hmm. Now, what's more, the tribe's haplogroup, we're getting into genetics, sorry folks. Haplogroup falls under E1B1B. Dumbed down, a haplogroup is essentially the genetic markers in your DNA that you share with blood relatives. <laughs> we need the we need the little Jurassic Park DNA guy. Oh yeah. To come on um, screen and explain this part. If we if we were recording this. <laughs> what this means is if your great grandma had bad eyesight and your grandma had bad eyesight and your mom had bad eyesight, if you're a girl, chances are you'll need glasses. These are mm-hmm. hereditary genes that pass down and are, are shared between like a group of people. The same thing goes for hair or eye color height, build, etc. But as each generation brings in new DNA through breeding, the haplogroup evolves with it. This is the same haplogroup that has been found throughout ancient Mesopotamia, including the Sumerians. The Sumerians may have migrated from Ethiopia and the surrounding areas to ancient Mesopotamia. Haplogroup E1B1B, it is believed to have first appeared in the Horn of Africa approximately 26,000 years ago. Wow and dispersed to North Africa and Near East during the late Paleolithic and Mesolithic periods. So from this, we can see that the genetics for tall people have been around for a while and permeated ancient civilization. Thus, it is entirely probable that stories of tall people over time ballooned into the stories of giants of immense height and strength. But it doesn't just stop there. Right. Around the turn of the 19th century, There were hundreds of reports from reputable sources of giant skeletons unearthed from ancient burial mounds across America. Now, these burial mounds, or at least their remains, have been found all over Northern America, some as extensive in size as the Great Pyramid of Giza. Wow. 
the Cahokia and Monks Mounds in Illinois and Missouri, respectively, mm-hmm. are thought to have been built before the arrival of Christopher Columbus. The Cahokia Mound is 100 feet tall with a 14-acre base, almost an entire acre larger than the Pyramid at Giza. Monks Mound is just as tall with a 1,000-foot wide base. But what makes these and other mounds of their kind even more intriguing is what has been found buried inside of them. Now, I'm curious. So, like, these are huge pieces of land. So, are they still just, like, roped off in a way? Or, like, are there, like, houses on top of them? Or It's entirely possible that people just see these as hills. Yeah. But I just wonder if they're, under like, undeveloped pieces of land. It's interesting. That I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, they could just look like hills. Right. You could stare at one and not know that there's a giant in there. Right. <clears throat> now, a man by the name of Jim Vieira has made it his mission in life to explore the mystery behind these mounds and others where there is documentation of unearthed skeletons, often of gigantic proportions. Now, Vieira, a stonemason by trade, found himself intrigued after finding a plethora of mysterious stone mounds throughout New England. He found that the construction, and particularly the stonework of these mounds, was impressive, considering the level of technology at the time. He also noticed that the orientation of the mounds was such that the entrances faced a direction that was in alignment with the sun during the equinoxes. The mounds were built with massive stones and were present long before colonists from Europe crossed over. I think that's a really important takeaway, too, is like this was before anyone had set. I mean, I guess this was before white people. I guess Native Americans had settled here at this time. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. But yeah, before white people. White Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Now, Vieira uncovered old reports in New England of giant skeletons unearthed from these mounds, often with two rows of teeth and jaws that could fit over the head of a normal sized human. Wow. That might also like fit into the whole cannibal thing from last episode. Yeah. That's what I envisioned when I was reading it, you know, and I think the the most crazy part, not to steal your thunder here, but like of what's coming here in like the next sentence. But I think it's crazy that like, it was kind of verified. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. The skeletons ranged in length from seven to 10 feet tall. While this may sound ridiculous at first glance, it was not an isolated incident and is supported by reports from reputable news sources Mm. of the time, like the New York Times and the Washington Post. Discoveries of the giant skeletons were found all over the Northeast, from Martha's Vineyard in Deerfield Valley, Massachusetts, to Vermont and upstate New York, places where rich people are. Mm. You know... Illuminati. (laughs) Freemasons. I know. It's crazy. It's all connected. It's all connected. But other reports of the discovery of buried giants were also found in the South, Midwest, and the West Coast. What? What? West Side? (laughs) Big ass people on the West Side. Uh, In the Ohio River Valley, a report from a local (laughs) paper that was backed up by Scientific American. Oh, no. That's... That's big. My dad's got a subscription to Scientific American. Yeah, and they backed it up. Wow. Found bodies of several giants buried under a 10-foot-tall mound. 
One female skeleton was found holding a three and a half foot long child. I wonder how old the child was. Like I said, three and a half foot <clears throat> long baby. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That would be weird. Another <laughs> of the giant skeletons was buried in a clay coffin and an engraved stone tablet was also recovered. This particular mound was 64 feet long by 35 feet wide. What did the tablet say? I know, right? Why would they even tell us about the tablet if they're not going to decipher it for us? It was probably something ominous, like, if you disturbed the graves of... <laughs> right. Like, whoop, we're going to pretend like we can't read this. <laughs> Ch- Chickawambamba. If you yeah. disturb this grave of Chickawambamba, your penises will fall off. <laughs> Son bitch. Ah, it's just a bunch of malarkey. That's right. Moving on. They're, like, deciphering it letter by letter, and, like, by the time they get to the end, they're like, uh... Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> then it happens. <laughs> Dude, did you have a hot dog in your pants? No, man, that's my dick. It just fell out. <laughs> just fell out. <clears throat> now, the Chicha Salba mound in arkansas is another instance of the uncovering of a giant skeleton under similar circumstances the 12 square mile mound that's huge that is gigantic had its name taken from the chief of the shawnee tribe who was essentially known to be a giant with incredible strength chief chikasaba did i misspell that mm-hmm. i might have misspelled that it's either chichasaba or chikasaba Whatever. Lived in that area of Arkansas, and when the mound was uncovered, the skeleton of a massive human being was found. Subsequently, other skeletons up to 10 feet tall were unearthed in the same area, all with similar burial artifacts found with them. Some reports claimed the length of the skeleton's legs to be five feet alone. Wow. That's a lot of leg. Mm -hmm. She's got legs. (laughs) Knows how to use them. But she's dead, so whatever. <laughs> Other reports show large craniums of skeletons with double rows of teeth. That's something that just is going to keep popping up whenever I know. we find these skeletons. Just you had talked about it. You had hinted at that early on, yeah. and I was waiting for it uh, to come up in the story. Apparently, one thing that I had read um, was that that's part of like the condition of of being uh, of these giants is that it's overproducing stuff yeah including and especially things that are really hard to produce like teeth right um almost what, like elephantitis or something in a way. yeah like yeah and it affects certain people certain ways why we don't have reports of people with double rows of teeth now i don't know and if they well it might be one of those cosmetic i mean things it does like, well, you're starting happen to get, like two rows of teeth and right. then like they all get pulled right like it does happen but they're not also like 10 feet tall right yeah Now, at the time, the knowledge of the existence of giant peoples was known widely, so much, in fact, that Abraham Lincoln gave a reference to them. Well, you know what they call him. Honest Abe. Honest Abe. Why would he lie? I mean, the the buck stops here, as far as I'm concerned. One of the greatest presidents our country has ever had. You're going to say he's making shit up? I think it it, it really speaks to the the volume of the time, too. So, like, like, this was part of life. Yeah, it was common knowledge. He's like, I'm going to give a speech, and oh, here's the part where I talk about giants existing mm-hmm. and giving a nod to them. Tell tell us what he said, Trey. 
<clears throat> I'm going to try and do this in my best Abraham Lincoln voice, so bear with me. <clears throat> the eyes of that species of extinct giants whose bones fill the mounds of America have gazed on Niagara as ours do now. I don't know if that sounds. Wow, I feel like I was there. That sounded presidential to me. Are you Abraham Lincoln? Four score seven years ago, he's said to be a vampire. I laid pipe. (laughs) (laughs) Have you read that book series? By the way, now that you brought up Abraham Lincoln, I haven't read a book series since elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) Just being real, I used to be a huge reader. Goosebumps. Boxcar oh, Children. Oh, man, dude. Man. Goosebumps. Uh, what was your favorite Goosebumps? You know, it's tough to say. The one that sticks out to me is um, there was this one where he pulled the fire alarm at school. Mm-hmm. And he had to hide in the dumpster behind the school. And he found, like, a severed hand in the school. Oh, whoa. And so he wore it to cover up the purple dye that had been sprayed on his hand. So he could try to re- like reintroduce himself into the school crowd without being, like, the one that pulled the alarm. And like, huh. I, I don't remember, I'm sure like the hand like started taking him over or something or something weird from that point on. But there's this one where uh, he's staying at his grandma's and he, she makes him wear a really itchy wool sweater. It's a pretty popular one. Does that ring a bell Kinda. at all? With you? Yeah. Um, it was one of the ones where you had to pick what happens next. I love oh, those choose books. your own adventure. Like there was a point where like, if it wasn't choose your own adventure, then I wasn't reading it. Like when it came to goosebumps, like if you want to, you know, if you want to run away, turn to page 24, you know, if oh, you want to eaten by another monster. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah not so. go back to... But that was always so cool. Like the choose your own and then like <laughs> peeking at what could have happened and like maybe changing your adventure. Like, yeah. <laughs> or just starting over. Right. I think my favorite was monster's blood. Okay. If you remember that one. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It was like this green stuff. And my favorite one, I think it might have been like Monster's Blood 2. A, a hamster eats it and be, grows to giant sizes. Oh, yes. And like starts messing with everything. <laughs> As hamsters do. As hamsters do. <clears throat> wonder where he got a drink from. He didn't have a giant little drinky bottle. Poor hamster was probably thirsty. Probably. By the way, he was so angry. Yeah, I think it's uh, crazy that uh, he just so openly was like, yeah, you know, the giants whose bones fill the mounds of America. Like, it was almost like, to space, this guy's too... (laughs) Like, it was just... (laughs) Like I'm surprised it's not in that, that that song, you know? And the mountains filled with bones. Like, you know what I mean? Because he was just calling it like he saw it, basically. Yeah. That was yeah, crazy. And nowadays, nobody ever talks about it. Right. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, Vieira believes that a prejudiced narrative was created to discredit Native Americans or portray them as savages because if they were seen as having built the mounds, it would show them as mathematically and technically advanced. Vieira says he thinks that the removal of any evidence of the giants might have occurred because that wouldn't fit into the control narrative of Manifest Destiny. Subsequently, 
Many of the mounds were allowed to be destroyed by settlers and farmers as America was colonized with no regard to the reverence. Well, there's there's a little bit of an answer to my question there. So so they were flattened then? Flattened, destroyed, removed. Okay. A lot of them were, it sounds like. And these weren't just uh, burial mounds for like giants. These were just burial mounds for Native American people. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Which are now like ultra sacred. Yeah. Yeah. And whether the tall skeletons belonged to a race of giant natives themselves or another race that predated them is unknown, but it is thought that the American Indians venerated them. Hmm. Which makes sense. You're a Native American. You see somebody really tall, like 10 feet tall. You're like, damn, you're important. Right. Gods have blessed you. Right. Or Mother Earth has blessed you or... You are super important. Or protect our village. (laughs) Please. Now, another conspiracy surrounding the hidden history of these giants points to the Smithsonian. Within the ethnology reports of the museum, there are 17 cases of the Smithsonian uncovering giant skeletons over seven feet tall. The probability of a human growing seven feet tall is... 0.000007%, meaning they would have had to excavate roughly 2.5 million bodies to have found that many skeletons of that size. Wow. There are also supposed reports of the Smithsonian Institution purchasing giant skeletons excavated by citizens, which then disappeared, never to be heard from again. Hmm. Always. Always disappearing and never to be hearing from again. It's that story. Mm -hmm. Now, the Smithsonian even had a division for exploring mounds, of which there is a written record of them uncovering giant skeletons whose bones crumbled to dust when exposed to air. A likely story to cover Mm. up some bullshit. Was this a cover-up by the famed museum, (laughs) or did they simply dispose of a debunked myth? Sounds like John Smith. Yeah. (laughs) No, I found all the stuff, but but it's gone now, and only I can see it. But I remember what it said. I wrote it down. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Dum 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 dum. <laughs> Literally. Try as I might, every website I could find online that spoke of the cover up of giants in recent history into modern times has been sketchy in the least. Others are very obvious lies. Snopes.com, leadstories.com, and politifact.com all list reports of the Smithsonian destroying and covering up the existence of giant ancient humans as as satire and false, which is pretty damning Mm -hmm. for giant enthusiasts such as myself. Right. Who doesn't like giants? Of course, this all could be part of the conspiracy. There are tons of articles I have found online dating from the mid to late 1800s to early 1900s talking about giants being dug up from all of these burial mounds scattered across America. However, journalistic integrity during this time period was even more loosey-goosey than it is today, Mm -hmm. if that could be believed, and corroborating evidence like the existence of giant skeletons, giant shoes, etc., is hard if not impossible to come by. So who's to say if the news articles are real or all made up? Yeah, no, I think it was, you know, it was definitely more loosey-goosey back then, but in a, in a good way. But yeah, you can st- have more fun. A story could actually make it, you know, without being like worrying about like 
reputation, like all this other stuff, and like no one's gonna believe anything we write if we write integrity. This. Who needs that shit? Like they would just they would just read all about it, read all about it. Like they just want to land from the moon. Right. Now those yeah, that same kind of journalism has just like evolved to be like tablets, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which those are fun to read. I mean, you learn about Batboy and then uh, Bigfoot's lover. Right. Um, but I think you read more about uh, Brad and Angelina and <sighs> that the princess is still alive and, you know, all that other stuff. But yes, also, also that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I have a theory. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. Maybe Mrs. Smithsonian did destroy all the evidence of giant humans living in America for some nefarious reason. But why do that? Though it may not be immediately obvious, Smithsonian Institution is an extension of the U.S. government, with congressional members sitting on its board of regents. Mm -hmm. It was initially founded as an establishment for the increase and diffusion of knowledge among men at the endowment of philanthropist, chemist, and mineralogist James Smithson. Hmm. And while it's not a regulatory agency, it is so intrinsically tied to oh, government yeah. that it claims immunity from state and local regulations, as well as immunity from lawsuits unless authorized by Congress. Oh, yeah. So they're paying attention to what they're uh, verifying and not verifying, for sure. This is getting deeper, baby. Right. The Smithsonian was established in 1846 and was tasked with the mission of organizing the anthropological history of the United States. It is sometimes referred to as the nation's attic, as it has amassed somewhere in the range of 154 million items between its myriad museums, research centers, and various facilities. Like even being a janitor at the Smithsonian, like who knows what you might be sweeping up? <laughs> like, oh look, somebody dropped this coin. Uh, I gotta go dust off the Ark of the Covenant. That's right. You know. okay. Now, continuing with our nefarious Smithsonian Institute plot, mm -hmm. with phrases like "diffusing knowledge" coming from a government agency that's been influencing the course of history since the Eurocentric days of Manifest Destiny. One might be skeptical about what kind of knowledge was spread and which powers it served. I thought Abraham Lincoln was back there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Abraham Lincoln is evil and still alive. Whoa. I mean, the Smithsonian came up, uh, if not in our bonus episode, then in our in our first episode. Yeah, I remember we had talked. I mean, it's always been there as um, a potential squandering of what could have been had we handled the information that was being given to them better. Yeah, or just without a filter, which seems Different. like they were being filtered. Yeah, yeah. Richard Dewhurst, author of "The Ancient Giants Who Ruled America," awesome book title. <laughs> points to a man named John Wesley Powell, the U.S. Director of Ethnology in 1879, who ran the Smithsonian in its nascent years. In his research, Dewhurst uncovered what he refers to as the Powell Doctrine, a paper issued on behalf of the Smithsonian, which issued a decree that no anthropological research should consider any talk of lost tribes henceforth while also describing natives as uncultured, savage, 
and lacking signs of higher intellect. Hmm. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I don't like it. And here's a quote from there. <clears throat> Hence, it will be seen that it is illegitimate to use <laughs> any pictographic matter of a date anterior to the discovery of the continent by Columbus for historic purposes. I was right. That was my evil voice. So was that? Is that oh, a good evil voice? It was. Okay. So he's saying like anything that happened before Columbus, like no need to mention it. Yeah, or like mm. anything that was Any like oh, the record keeping. Native oh, Americans yeah. were actually like intelligent and, and and had science and math and stuff. It's like no, they're ignorant savages, mm. according to this guy. Mm. Now, it's unclear whether this was Powell's decision or if it came from instructions on high. However, Dewhurst believes its clear manifest destiny tone led to the subsequent Smithsonian cover-up of an ancient race of giants who preceded Native Americans. Whoa. Alex Jones. The water's turning frogs gay and I'm mad about it. <laughs> so is this the potato giants then? Uh, possibly. Yeah. What was their name? They were the... Uh, uh, the Sitika. Yeah, the Sitika. Yeah. Well, it's gotta be, right? Well, since there's supposed to, like, like actual evidence of the city, uh, yeah. you know, those are probably real. Anyway, looking back at newspaper clippings dating from the late 1800s into the early 1900s, Dewhurst found a multitude of instances in which citizens from disparate areas of the country uncovered massive bones of seemingly human origin. Upon reporting these discoveries to media outlets or authorities, Dewhurst said unsuspecting citizens would shortly receive a visit from members of the Smithsonian who wasted no time sequestering the bones, allegedly bringing them to a museum or research facility, but which were never seen again. Hmm. So it's just like UFOs, basically. Yeah. I mean, this is, hmm. I wonder if, you know, they, you know, the government eventually released documents you know, proving that they have an agency that's investigating UFOs. I wonder, we need to put... The giant people need to put the pressure on, I think. Yeah. We're letting them get away with too much here. Put their feet over the coal. We're going to end up being like the leader of like some yeah. <laughs> Free the giants! <laughs> it all starts here. Like, all of a sudden, we, we wake up tomorrow, there's 4 million views, and we have 87 million emails. <laughs> Meet us in D.C. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> that escalated fast. <laughs> oh, shit. That, that happened real fast. Right. Now, one could also find instances of giant skulls and skeletons in local papers with pictures to boot. Take, for instance, this photo from the San Antonio Press showing a giant skull next to two normal skulls for size comparison, and it's in the document. Check out our Facebook. Yup. And, I don't know, Ed might want to, like, circle it. Um, it the, the head is it's a big noggin. Mm-hmm. Big noggin. Now, it's worth mentioning... But the time period when these skeletal remains were found was drastically different from today. Yellow journalism, which is the loosey-goosey, yeah. mm -hmm. was rampant even for some of the publications we might consider more esteemed. But Abraham Lincoln himself. Yep. Sticking to it. Religion was also a dominating factor in many people's lives. Sure. And attempts to find literal instances of biblical stories was highly sought after. This has become one of the primary arguments against these accounts, as naysayers believe people created counterfeit skeletons or confused the bones of prehistoric megafauna 
and large animals for humans, hoping they had found proof in existence of the Nephilim of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It's coming full circle, man. It is very, it is coming full circle, man. It's all linked. It's all together. It's all connected. If you guys could see our little board, uh, make the cork <laughs> board where we've got like pins and pictures and everything like that. And then we've got pieces of yarn. Like it, it's all over the wall. If you guys could see something that doesn't exist. Let me tell you what it looks like. <laughs> Where are we at anyway? What are we doing? The U.S. is not the only country in which these alleged giants of antiquity are said to have been found. Well, of course not. We've already flown all over the world. Yeah, let's do it again. (laughs) Where are we going? In fact, there are accounts dating back several millennia which speak of encounters with living giants or the relics hinting at their existence. In the world's largest prehistoric copper mine in Wales, the UK, so we're going to the UK first. Okay. There are accounts of discovery of thousands of massive sledgehammers alleged to weigh somewhere in the range of 60 pounds. Now that's interesting. Whether that's there's any validity to this assertion is debatable. Oh, well, they don't have any of them? They, they say there is. I'm guessing they can't provide the evidence or that they don't want to provide the evidence that they're like yeah yeah no there's 60 pounds where is it uh you can't see it it's being seems to be a theme here cleaned right now whether there's any validity to this assertion is debatable though if true would require a larger-than-life human with incredible strength to have worked the mine and wielded such a tool. The average sledgehammer today rarely weighs more than 20 pounds. Wow. Yeah. This that's, w- a big, that's yeah. a big hammer. That's a big hammer. <laughs> that's a big hammer. <laughs> that's a big hammer. The hammer is my penis. Right. Um, this repository, <laughs> known as the Great Orm Mine, or the Stonehenge of Copper Mining, dates back some 3,500 years ago. Mm. Now, another more well-known instance of alleged giants comes from the writings of Ferdinand Magellan's chronicler Antonio Pigafetta. Whatever you just said. (laughs) P-I-G-A-F-E-T-T-A. Pigafetta. Pigafetta. Who wrote of a giant race upon discovering Patagonia. Hmm. One day, we suddenly saw a naked man of (laughs) giant stature on the shore of the port, dancing, singing, and throwing dust on his head. Yes, he did. He goes on. You do a really good old-timey voice. I know, right? I know. I like doing voices. It's fun. Mm. It makes me happy on the inside. All right. The Captain General sent one of our men to the giant so that he might perform the same actions as a sign of peace. Having done that... The man led the giant to an islet where the captain general was waiting. When the giant was in the captain general's and our presence, he marveled greatly and made signs with one finger raised upward, believing we had come from the sky. He was so tall that we reached only to his waist, and he was well proportioned. I'm assuming that last part meant he had a big dick. <laughs> God damn it, Trey. <laughs> and with that... According to the writings of Pigafetta, Magellan and crew attempted to return to Italy with 
two of the giants they had encountered, though they were unable to survive the long trip back across the Atlantic, meaning they died on the boat. Right. And as is tradition, when you die on a boat, they have to bury you at sea because there's only so much space on a ship. And if you're a giant, you're just dead weight taking up lots of... Especially if you're a giant. Yeah. Right. Like, So I get it, but at the same time, it's like, oh, you had two bodies. Antonio Pigafetta. <laughs> okay. All right. Close Antonio enough. Antonio Pigafetta. For a Midwestern boy, that's Antonio pretty good. Skeptics say the people referred to in these accounts were likely members of the Tehoke? T-E-H-U-E-L-C-H-E. Hold, please. Okay, holding. T-E-H-U-E-L-C-H-E. I think you're way wrong on this one. Here we go. Tewelchi. Tewelchi? Tewelchi. 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 Skeptics say the people referred to in these accounts were likely members of the Tewelchi, a native tribe that may have stood slightly larger in stature due to the strength required to survive in Patagonia's harsh climate. Yeah. Though it's questionable whether they were much larger in height than the average human. Yep, just a victim of their environment. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. just uh, adapting and surviving. Yo, living day to day, just out on this <laughs> Patagonia, man. <laughs> well, then they know they'd be a hipster brand in the year <laughs> 2022. But there are, in fact, a number of photographs from the late 1800s showing members of the Una tribe that inhabited the Tierra del Fuego region of Patagonia who clearly stood significantly taller than most humans, six and a half foot tall women and men well over seven feet. Wow. Big people. This account has also been called into question as some say it may have simply been an instance of giantism with subsequent reports embellished as to make Magellan's travels sound more exciting. Yep. I the can classic see that too. Yeah. Dude making up shit and, and, <laughs> Like so, what happened out there, dude? Uh. There were like giants, <laughs> and there was like a giant squid that attacked a ship, and it ate Bob. Um, yeah. Whereas somebody in like the back of the group's going, Bob died of dysentery <laughs> by a giant squid. Yeah. Yeah. However, this account was later confirmed. By English explorer James Byron. Confirmed. Confirmed. Whose story of encountering a race of nine-foot giants in Patagonia was published by the London Chronicle. Other writings from the expeditions of Sir Francis Drake, Francis Fletcher, and Sir Thomas Cavendish also reported towering Patagonians and their deceased bodies. Mm. So, that leaves the question. Right. Are giants real? Or were they? Or were they? Right. An ancient race of giants? It's like a conspiracy to like end the bloodline. Mm. I mean, it would have been. They're too it... powerful. We must end them. That's what World War One was all about. <laughs> <laughs> what, dude? I mean, shit. Who knows? Weirder shit has happened. Weirder shit has happened. <laughs> World War One was really to. Wait, there was something about that, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
See, um, I, I listen. What was it? Uh, uh, Tartaria. Yep, it was Tartaria. Yep, the, the Empire of Tartaria. Whereas, really, Tartar was just like over there. We don't know what's over there. We call it Tartar or, or Tartaria, and fucking unicorns live in there and giants and shit. Who, who knows? Whatever. Right. That's what that was. But did an ancient race of giants exist? Hmm. My guess. Probably not the way we think it is. Right. Now remember, going way back to the beginning of the episode, throughout all 300,000 years of human history, have there been instances of families or tribes of giant humans throughout the world? Not necessarily a race, but just family groups of giants. People who have naturally evolved to get bigger. Yeah, I think that's a lot more probable, yes, right? Yes, very it's like, probably. There's instances of giant people. Yes. There isn't a race of giant people. Right. Yeah, no no separate race. There are humans who have gotten big through whatever reasons. At, in a, for instance, there's there's some people who have like fur all over their bodies. There's yeah. not a race of people that have fur all over their right, bodies. Right, they're just people. There's just genetic you know, mutations or whatever, or, or, or conditions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. It's not hard to imagine family groups of people over the centuries selectively breeding themselves intentionally or unintentionally, who knows, inbreeding with each other, reinforcing the genetics to become more and more prominent. Think about it. People were a lot more bored back then. Yeah, and probably <laughs> boinked a lot more. Yeah. But we have dogs as proof of hey, stuff like this. Here, um, brother, I gave you sister to make more giant with. Yes. <laughs> Snow, snow. <laughs> but back to the doggy discussion. <laughs> On one end of the scale, we have little puppers like Yorkies, Chihuahuas, and Tika Poodles. Little, little bitty guys. Pugs. Pugs. They're little. But then on the other end, we have like Great Danes, Irish Wolfhounds. Right. Tibetan Mastiffs. Those are the biggest of the good boys. Right. It isn't that much of a stretch of the imagination to imagine tribes of people isolated from others growing to gigantic sizes and breeding within that isolated population to concentrate the gigantism in their genes. That's an interesting perspective, Trey. I mean, to a pug, an Alaskan Malamute would be a giant. Fuck yeah. Like, oh my God. Absolutely. Man. Like in a world where only pugs exist and then like this great Dane comes walking in, that would be like, man. Yeah, that guy's huge. Wow, you're always you're always just you're always just blowing my mind, Trey. That's what happens to most pugs when they get those <laughs> weird bug eye things going yeah. on. They saw hey. a Great Dane for the first time. They're like, Jesus Christ! You leave Lulu alone. She's <laughs> she, beautiful. She doesn't have the bug eyes where they're like looking in two different directions at once. <laughs> okay. So, what causes gigantism? Hmm. Now, there are two kinds. Our first one is called gigantism, or also known as <laughs> giantism. Okay. Is a condition characterized by excessive growth and height significantly above average. Right. In humans, this condition is caused by overproduction of growth hormone in childhood, resulting in people eight to nine feet in height. Wow. It is a rare disorder resulting from increased levels of the growth hormone before the fusion of the growth plate, which usually occurs at some point soon after puberty. 
This increase is most often due to abnormal tumor growths on the pituitary gland. Hmm. Gigantism should not be confused with acromegaly, the adult form of the disorder characterized by somatic enlargement, specifically in the extremities and face. So when you, a good way to tell if somebody's got either gigantism or acromegaly, gigantism is someone who looks normal and is really tall. Yeah. But like proportionate. Proportionate. Right. Acromegaly is are people who are big and tall, but look kind of like, say, Andre the Giant. Right. The brow, the jaw, the huge hands, the huge everything, essentially. Now, acromegaly is a disorder that results from excess growth hormone after the growth plates have closed. So it's, it's a before and an after. The initial symptom is typically enlargement of the hands and feet. There may also be an enlargement of the forehead, the jaw, and nose. Other symptoms may include joint pain, thicker skin, deepening of the voice, headaches, and problems with vision. Complications of the disease may include type 2 diabetes, sleep apnea, and high blood pressure. Mm. The condition is not inherited from a person's parents. Acromegaly is rarely due to a tumor in another part of the body. Diagnosis is by measuring growth hormone after a person has consumed a glucose solution or by measuring insulin-like growth factor 1 in the blood. I wonder if, like, the military is secretly working on, like, trying to manipulate this reaction. To make, like, super soldiers? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, this seems like where you'd have to be, right? I mean, the pituitary gland. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be. The answer is yes. Yes. (laughs) There is research being done to the pituitary gland and how to manipulate it. And make bigger people. And make, yeah. Giant soldiers. Right. That would be kind of badass, but also terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, After diagnosis, medical imaging of the pituitary is carried out to determine if an adenoma is present. If excess growth hormone is produced during childhood, the result is the condition gigantism rather than acromegaly, and it is characterized by excessive height. Treatment options include surgery to remove the tumor, which if you know where the pituitary gland is, it is like you've got like the the brain right. part. Yeah. The pituitary gland is like in there. In there. Yeah. So So you've got a fucking rearrange the inside of your head right. to get to it. Right. Sounds like it involves lasers. Probably. Mm-hmm. Or very, very, very small instruments and very careful hands. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be, what is it, microbots or whatever? Uh, nanobots. Nanobots, they're there. So, uh, yeah, treatment options include surgery to remove the tumor, medications, and radiation therapy. Surgery is usually a preferred treatment. The smaller the tumor, the more likely surgery will be curative. If surgery is contraindicated or not curative, somatostatin analogs or GH growth hormone receptor antagonists may be used. So basically, if, if that doesn't work, use blockers to block the right. growth hormone. Okay. Radiation therapy may be used if neither surgery nor medications are completely effective. Without treatment, life expectancy is reduced by about 10 years. With treatment, life expectancy is not reduced. Acromegaly affects about 3 per 50,000 people. Mm. It is most commonly diagnosed in middle age. 
Males and females are affected with equal frequency. It was first described in the medical literature by Nicholas Saucerot in 1772. Mm. The term is from the Greek acheron, meaning extremity, and mega, meaning large. Mm -hmm. And that's what causes big-ass people. Right. Now, the fun part. Notable giants that you may know. All right. So, starting off the list, we're going big. Mm. Andre Rusimov. Who do you think that is? Um, Andre the Giant. Yeah, boy. Yeah. I watched a whole like uh, documentary on him. Like he had this, he had that ranch, you know, that he lived at, and he seemed like a really chill dude. He like tended his farm, and he was yeah, he was pretty chill. Like yeah, he seemed like a really cool dude. Right. Uh, born nineteen forty six, died in nineteen ninety three. Had acromegaly, stood seven feet four inches, and weighed five hundred and twenty pounds. Jesus, that's a big. Boy. And he was a solid dude. He wasn't a sloppy dude. No, he wasn't yeah. a sloppy dude. He was working hard, lift people over his head, dude. Right. You had some words to say about the Rock, but yeah. apparently. Anyway, <laughs> the next one is Paul Benedict. Oh, you dude, you baked me out. All right, Paul Benedict. Who's that? He uh, played Harry Bentley from the Jeffersons, who was a neighbor. He was the British neighbor. Nope. So, never watched the Jeffersons, huh? Nope. Mm. nope. That clueless look in your eyes should have tipped me <laughs> off. Uh, born 1938, died in 2008, had acromegaly, stood only six feet four inches, and his weight was unknown, but he had it. And then there is... Another big one from the wrestling world, Paul White II, also known as... Um, he's in wrestling. Dude, that's not going to help me. I'm sorry. He is the Undertaker. No. Um, he is Paul White II. He is the Big Show. The Big Show. The Big Show! All right. Born in 1972, has acromegaly, stands 7 feet 2 inches. Wow, really? The Big Show. Pounds. Okay. Didn't they face off? Didn't Andre the Giant and Big Show? Didn't they? They might have at some point. He had like a nemesis. Yeah. I don't know who it was. Yeah. It's very possible that they faced off. Hang on. He had a nemesis. Let's figure out who. Big Show or Andre? Andre. Hulk Hogan. Was it Hulk Hogan? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Which is hilarious (laughs) because squish him like a bug. I mean, good thing it was fake for Hulk Hogan. Jesus Christ. My contender's weighing in at 520 pounds. I will smash you like a bomb. I mean, yeah, seriously. Literally. Uh. Our next person is Ted Cassidy, who played Lurch on the Adams Family yeah. TV show. Yeah. Uh, born 1932, died 1979, had acromegaly, stood 6 feet 9 inches, weight unknown, but probably not much because he was a very skinny guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, still, though. Yeah. Yep. I do know that person. Mm-hmm. Now, our next one is Sultan Kosin, who is a Turkish farmer and currently the tallest living man and seventh verified tallest person in history. Wow. Born in 1982, stands at 8 feet 2.82 inches. <laughs> Weight is unknown, but... Due to his extreme height, he has to use crutches to walk. Wow. Yeah. And he's a farmer. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So rough to get around. Right. But current tallest living man. That is a, that is very tall. Very tall. Our next one is also from the world of wrestling. Dalip Singh Rana, also known as the Great Kali. Okay. Of WWE fame, born in 1972, stands at 7 feet 3 inches and weighs 420 pounds. And I've seen pictures of him. Dude's ripped. Wow. He's a big boy. Good job, Trey. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> no dick joke. Uh, He's also not a big bitch. <laughs> That's a huge bitch. There you go. He's That's back. How you say that. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I've always been here. I've just been <laughs> raining it in. Uh, our next person is Richard Keel. That's funny because our next person is literally a big dick. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. See what I did there? You see what I did there? Ah. Uh, if I had something to throw at you. Oh, you have plenty of things, but they you love them. Yeah, I do. They are R2-D2s and yeah. Thanos's. Yeah, I'm not going to throw that at you. I'm mm. going to break something like them. Um, but Richard Keel plays Jaws of the 007 franchise. He was also okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. the big dude in Happy Gilmore. Born 1933, died 2014, stood at 7 feet 2 inches, weight unknown. And then from there, we go to the other lurch, Carl Stroiken. Born yeah. in 1948, played Lurch in the Adams Family movies. It's like we got to find someone to replace him. Yeah, stands seven feet three inches. Weight is unknown. And then we go to Star Wars. Who oh is yeah, this? who's this? Um, um, Chewie. Yeah, Peter yeah. Mayhew, Chewbacca, Woo-hoo! Star Wars. Bam, 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 Born bam, bam, 1944, died in 2019. Stood seven feet three inches. Weight unknown. Can you can you give us a Chewbacca, Jerry? <laughs> that was terrible. That's okay. Uh, you? No, I can't. That's why I expected more out of you. <laughs> uh, there we go. I can live with that one. Okay. Uh, from there we go back to the Jeffersons with Erwin Keys, who played Hugo, a bodyguard that kept popping up in the Jeffersons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Born 1952, died 2015, stood only six feet one inch, but did have pronounced jaw and brow due to acromegaly. Okay. Um, and then we start getting into the NBA with Shaquille O'Neal, born in 1972. How high do you think he is? Wait, so he has acro? Does he have acromegaly? Technically, yes. Wow. Um, Shaq is seven two. Off by an inch, seven okay. one. Okay, I knew he was somewhere. In there. And weighs three hundred twenty-five pounds. I'm a bit of a basketball buff. I love my basketball. Okay. Now Yao Ming. Wow. NBA player, born right. in nineteen eighty. How tall is he? I was never. Just after I say I'm a basketball guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll put you on the spot. He huh? was a bit before my uh, peak level of interest in the league, but um, I'm going to say he's seven nine. Seven six, okay. seven feet six inches, weighs right. three hundred and ten pounds. Wow. Uh, this guy, I believe, is currently in the uh, NBA, not a former NBA player. Uh, George Mirasan. Mm. It, it, they Doesn't spell his anybody. name weird. Yeah. G H E. No, I would know who you're talking about if it. I'm sure, but I don't. NBA player, 
Born in 1971, stands at 7 feet 7 inches. And wow. weighs 303 pounds. And then we go to Minute Bull, who was an NBA player. Born 1962, died in 2010, stood 7 feet 7 inches and weighed 200 pounds. He was a skinny guy. Right. Stretching 200 pounds over 7 feet 7 inches. Like toothpick thin. Right. Are these people that came from overseas to play for the NBA? A large chunk of them yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm-hmm. uh, American native, right. born in 1947, stands 7 feet 2 inches and weighs 225 pounds. Still alive. Still kicking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we go to Neil Fingleton, born 1980, died in 2017. Uh, most notable... Uh, role was Mag the Mighty in the Game of Thrones, the giant. No, I've never watched a single episode. Uh, and I'm kind of leaving it untapped because, like, like we always have like this. It's almost like we we binge so many things. It's almost like we refuse to watch it, so we always have something. We always have that last pack of cigarettes. <laughs> like, no matter what, we can just start watching Game of Thrones. You could. I'm gonna warn you though. After about season six, it starts to drop off. Isn't it just a lot of tits and dicks? There is a lot of tits and dicks. There's also a lot of, like, murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have anyone left. Yeah. No, no, I get, like, the general principle of it. Um, it probably... It's something that, like, I've ignored that I would probably become addicted to. It's, it's entertaining, but it definitely just drops off in the later seasons. Yeah, no, I know and what you mean. It gets yeah. bad. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Because the only reason you're really into it at the beginning is like you want to see it all play out, and then it's just like, yeah, and then it yeah. peters out to kind of nothing, right? But Magnemite, um, he played the giant in Game of Thrones. Uh, he stood at seven feet seven inches and weighed three hundred and seventy pounds. Mm. And then we go to our boy Robert Wadlow. There he is. Who is the tallest human in recorded history confirmed by the Guinness World Records. Born in 1918, died in 1940. Wow. Young. Yeah, very young. Stood at 8 feet 11 inches. Boom, boom, boom. And weighed 439 pounds. The guy was massive. Yeah, we've been to Ripley's, believe it or not, in Branson. They got a replica there. A dude's almost yeah. nine feet tall, just a hair under. Crazy. Very crazy. And uh, yeah, that's that's our giants, man. Wow. We've made it to the promised land. We made it to the promised land. The promised we land. We do have the bonus episode. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that um, there was something that peaked. Uh, your interest, I believe, and that you wanted to get into. We didn't really find a spot for it, and so we are going to bring you guys a bonus episode. Tell us about it, Trey. Kandahar, Afghanistan, where a U.S. Special Forces team encountered a giant, supposedly. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And what they do... (laughs) I mean, I know. You'll have to listen to the bonus episode. All right, all right, I want to know right now. But yeah, that's our that's our giant episode, man. That's that's it. Woohoo! Woo! See you guys later. Bye.